you're listening to Braemar Cast, the podcast of Braemar Baptist Church, where we're reaching up to God and out to people. Tune in for sermons from lead pastor Kent Dixon and from time to time guest preachers as well. Welcome to Braemar Cast. Back home in Myanmar, uh, the first day of the year or the first week of the year is very significant for us in terms of projecting the whole year. That's why we expect to take place good thing on the first day of the year. If, if good thing happen on the first day, the rest of the year will be great. I'm not sure if you would remember that I share about getting ticket on New Year last year. On New Year Day last year. Do you know how many I got last year? I, I got total four tickets. But my wife only knew three. If this church was in Myanmar this week, I have no doubt that it will be full or probably overflow. There are still people who believe if they miss the first Sunday, they would probably miss more over the whole year. So people make a time for the church on the first week of the year. If you are one of us, we shall see more seeing you here on the first week of the year. Well, last week, we are exploring, exploring and reflecting about King David. The more, this morning, we will be exploring and reflecting King Solomon with the title of The King Who Had It All. You all know that King David reigned 40 years over Israel. Throughout the Bible, he was known as a man after God's own heart. He was faithful to God, righteousness, righteous and upright in his heart. He definitely had a wide range of experience in relationship with God. Learning from his own mistake or his experience in relationship with God, King David gave the most important advice to his son Solomon, who was about to become king over the people of Israel. In first, in first King, chapter two, verses uh, two to four, it said, David said, "Be strong, like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires." Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and command, his law and regulation as written in the law of Moses. And he said, Do this so that you may prosper in all you do wherever you go. And the Lord may keep his promise to me if your descendants watch how they live. If they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor 
on the throne of Israel. Solomon has indeed shown his love for the Lord by walking according to the instruction that was given to him by his father David. Saint King Solomon showed his devotion to God. God was pleased and invited him to ask anything he wants. First King chapter 3 verse 5 it said like that ask for whatever you want me to give you ask whatever you want me to give you we all know that kings what king solomon asked he only asked a discerning heart to govern his people and to distinguish between right and wrong. God was very pleased that King Solomon has only asked those asked for a discerning heart. So God blessed him with not just a discerning heart, but also wealth and honor that he has not asked for. In first King chapter three, verses twelve to thirteen, it God said. I will do whatever you have asked. I will give you a wise and a discerning heart so that there, are, there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings." Dear church, this blessing, our ultimate blessing, of the highest, because it say there will never be anyone like him, nor ever be. So basically what it said is, King Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived in this earth. So we can, we can see his wisdom on, uh, at, on 1 King chapter 4, verses 29 to 34. It said, I won't, I won't go detail. Uh, it said, Solomon, Solomon wisdom was as measureless as the sand on the seashore. His wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He composed 3,000 proverbs, and he wrote over 1,000 songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants. He could speak about animals, birds, creatures, and fish. Kings from every nation sent their ambassador to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. The Queen, Sheba, the Queen of Sheba was one of them who came to test Solomon with, his, with her hard question. 1 Kings 10, verse 3 to 5, it said, Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. 
When the king of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he has built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearer, and the burnt offering he made at the temple of the Lord, she was just overwhelmed. I don't know much about Ethiopia, but one of my friends from Ethiopia said they are descendant of King Solomon. It could be. St. Queen Sheba was from that region. Some scholars suggest that the Queen of Sheba must have slept with King Solomon based on 1 King. 10 verses 13, it said, King Solomon gave the Queen Sheba, the Queen of Sheba, all she desired and asked for, beside what he had given her out of his royal bounty. Then she left, returned, then she left and returned with her attendants to her own country. We can also explore more of Solomon's wealth and splendor in 1 Kings 10, verses 14 to 29. Again, I won't go detail on this part as well. It says, King Solomon received every year 25 tons of gold. He received every year 25 tons of gold. And more other articles such as like silver, rope, weapons, and spice, horses, or mule. In, in this scripture, it said his kingdom is described as like that. Nothing like it had ever been made for the other kingdoms. King Solomon was definitely greater in reach and wisdom than all other kings of the earth. Not only he was the wisest man on us and the greatest, the greater in reach, but also he was the one who was able to build the temple of God. King David first had in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, but God did not allow him. But First uh, King uh, chapter eight verses seventeen to nineteen said, "My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, You did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name.'" Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son. Your own flesh and blood, he is the one who will build the temple for my name. Building a temple for God could be a milestone for the history of Israel. Because the people of Israel hasn't been able to put the Ark of Covenants at one location permanently over the last 480 years. 
It was indeed a great achievement for King Solomon. So he began to build a temple in, the, in, the, in his fourth year of ruling over Israel, which happened to be 480 years after the Israel, Israelite came out of Egypt. Again, I won't be, uh, I won't be telling the de- detail of building the temple. But after, the complete, after completing the temple, he dedicated to God in prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 42, 40 to 42 said, Now, my God, may your ear be open and your ear attentive to the prayer offered in this place. Now, rise, Lord God, Come to your resting place, you and the out of your mind. May your priest, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. And may your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed ones. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. When Solomon finished prayer, praying, Fire came down from heaven, consumed burnt offering and sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the, the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord fell in. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their face to the ground. And they worship and give thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endure forever. The king and all people offer sacrifice before the Lord. You know how many cows, how many cattle and sheep and goats are sacrificed? It said 22,000 of head of cattle, 22,000. And over 100,000, over 100,000, over 120,000 sheep and goats. That was how the king and his people dedicated to the temple of God. What do you think? Why King Solomon became the wisest man, the most wealth and honor man on earth? Why he became the one who was able to build such a great, able to do such a great job building the temple of God? The answer is simply, he followed his father's instruction, which is observing what the Lord, his God, required. I read in the beginning, it said, he, he walked in obedience to him and keep his decrees and command his law and regulation as written in the law of Moses. As a result, he was prospering in all he did and 
wherever he went. So verse First uh, King verses two, uh, chapter two verses three. It said, "Do this so that you may prosper in all you do, wherever you go." Similarly, he listened what God said on Second Chronicle chapter seven verses seventeen. It said, "As for you, if you walk before me faithfully as David your father did, do all I command." And observe my decrees and law, I will establish royal throne. Is continue. I will establish royal throne, royal throne, as I covenanted with David your father, when I said, "You shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel." If he, if he is faithful to him, basically God said he will make sure that his successor will be there. But however, was King Solomon faithful to God as much as his father did? This is the question. No, he could not keep up his. He could not keep up himself with the expect of faithfulness, integrity of heart, uprightness, and obedience. In his later time, as a result, the covenant with God, the covenant with King David was ceased after his kingdom. In First King, chapter eleven, verse nine to thirteen, it's described that how God become angry with King Solomon. It said the Lord become angry with Solomon because his heart turned away from the Lord, and the God of Israel who had appeared to him twice, although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord commands. So the Lord said to Solomon, "Sin, this is your attitude. You have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you. I will most suddenly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinate. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out the hand of your son." Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one try for the sake of David, my servants, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. I believe we can relate this story with our present situation. I believe you would somehow agree with me that the older generation have. Much stronger faith than younger generation. The fact is that, like King David, older generation did go through some hardship or various stage of life. They witness the hand of God, grace, and mercy of God in their time. 
So basically, they could not help without embracing the faith, the faith that they have in God, or trusting the Lord. So, like David, the only advice they can give to younger generation is to trust God, or to have faith in God. On the other hand, like King Solomon, younger generation will follow and obey instruction given to them by older generation, just to the point, just to the point they want to follow. However, since they have less experience in hardship or different stage of life, their faith in God is less appreciated. Less value. They would have high tendency to compromise with other worldly things. For instance, polygamy was considered normal in King Solomon's time, but not with God. Not with God. King Solomon compromised with this issue, and he had married. Many foreigner women, many foreign women, who were from Moabites, Ammonites, Adomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. God had already forbidden that the people of Israel not to intermarriage with them, because God said they were surely turn. Your heart after their gods. Surely, First King, chapter eleven, verse four said, "As Solomon grew old, his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God, as the heart of David, his father, has been." I can relate it with the illustration of fraud into boiling water. It is said, if you put a fraud into boiling water, it will jump up. However, if you put a fraud in a room temperature water, lukewarm water, and turn the burner off, you can literally cook the fraud to death. The fraud story is a metaphor. For the person in this story, King Solomon. Solomon was a fraud who could jump out in the beginning, but he got himself into lukewarm water, and by the end, his life is cooked. King Solomon starts strong, got into the port, and by the end. We know that he end poorly. Dear church, God is love. God is faithful. Let's be faithful to Him continually. Like Apostle Paul said, we just need to finish the race. The crown of righteousness is for everyone who finished the race. We don't need to be fast. 
Like the crown is for everyone who finished the race. I can read the Second Timothy chapter four, verses seven to eight. It said, "I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful." And now the prize await me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will give me, the day of His return. His return, and the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. Let's pray. You've been listening to Braemar Cast, the podcast of Braemar Baptist Church. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can also visit our website at braemarbaptist.com. That's B-R-A-E-M-A-R-Baptist.com. God bless you.